Alrighty, so this morning, guys, uh, the Lord has put a word on my heart, and it's about confident expectation coming into 2024. Having confident expectation to not only know the will of God, but to actually take part in the will of God. Amen? Confident expectation. You know, Jesus said in John 15, 16, he says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. Doesn't that just sound like there's so much enjoyment there in walking out the will of God as a friend? There's such joy in that. You know, Jesus said, my commandments aren't burdensome either. Sometimes we can get this idea that if we're in the will of God, that it's a heavy thing, that it's a hard thing. But actually, God said, my joy is your strength. Amen. There's so much joy walking out the will of God. And then in verse 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So, you know, it was God's idea that every single one of us bear fruit for his kingdom. It's not like us trying to come up with a good idea. Oh, I'd really want to be fruitful in the kingdom. And, you know, you don't see uh, fruit trees straining and trying to bear fruit. They just bear fruit, right? And Jesus said, if you abide in me and I in you, then you'll bear much fruit. He set the whole thing up in the new covenant that fruitfulness would come from intimacy with him. That there's no other way to get fruitfulness. Otherwise, we're in our own efforts and we know that uh, that doesn't go very far. Amen. So, you know, sometimes as Christians, as believers, we can get into mindsets that actually rob our confidence of knowing the will of God and being able to walk out the will of God for our lives. Things that will rob our confidence. We start to have low expectation. We start to get in doubt. We start to get in fear. Can I really know the will of God? Doesn't God move in mysterious ways? And we kind of start to get these religious sorts of mindsets, right? So this morning, I just feel the Lord wanting to share some truth with you guys. You know, while the world's saying, uh, let's get the goals for 2024 and all that, we're going to get into the word of God and, and just get some truth into every single one of your hearts that God says, I've appointed you that you shall bear fruit hallelujah, and that your fruit should remain. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God's appointed you to bear fruit? Hallelujah, that's a good thing. So Father God, we just thank you for your word this morning, Father. We just thank you that it's alive and active, Lord, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And we just thank you as well, Father God, that the truth sets people free. So we just see people this morning, Father God, taking this word, Lord, and that it brings change into every single one of our situations in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. 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 Well, I'm excited about the word this morning, guys. Uh, Who's bought their Bibles? I've got slides for some of the the verses, but you can use your Bibles as well for others. And uh, the first point that we're going to get into is that the Lord says that you can be confident that when you seek to be in the will of God, you will find it. Amen. When you seek to be in the will of God, you will find it. And like I said before, you know, sometimes we come up with these uh, 
Christian cliches, you know, God moves in mysterious ways. And that kind of leaves the impression that, you know, we're two steps behind and, and, and what is God really up to and, and does he really want to do something through me? And so a lot of the time it can, those sort of mindsets can be used to uh, stay ignorant to the will of God. And God doesn't want his people to be in that. Amen. The Bible says he'll show us things to come. Hallelujah. Such an advantage. I know Greg and I, uh, just over the last few months, actually, we've seen the fulfillment in our lives of things that God spoke uh, two, three years ago. And, you know, who knows that God also has timing for everything. And, and when the Lord first showed us to do something, we sort of started to step it out and just kind of kept getting, you know, a, a brick wall. And we're like, why isn't this working, Lord? But it's because it wasn't his timing. And uh, just the last few months, we've just seen doors open and we're like, wow, that's why we were supposed to wait because his plan was better than our plan. Amen. So let's just start in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2. I've got that verse up there, but I actually want to read the full, uh, the full passage and then we will get to the slide. Amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 7 to 10. I'm going to read from the NLT. It says, No, the wisdom we speak is of the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. So that's talking about, obviously, when Jesus hung on the cross, if the rulers would have known that it would have brought redemption to all mankind, they wouldn't have done it. They didn't know God's plan. And that's when we can go to the next verse. And this one, verse 9, it's so misquoted. So it says, But as it is written, eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of the man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You know, when we were in Israel, uh, one of the gardens, I can't exactly remember where it was. It might have been the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't know if you remember this, uh, Pastor Jen. But there was a plaque and it had that exact verse just as it is like that. And it was just on the ground. And I walked past and I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of half the truth there. You sort of read it and go, oh, well, then you can get into that mindset of, oh, well, God does move in mysterious ways. Eyes not seen is not heard. Okay, I guess I can't really know the will of God. But if we read down and go to the next verse, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, this is us in the New Covenant now, church. It says, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. And ready for this? That we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. And so, you know, God doesn't want his people in the dark when it comes to his will. You know, when we start to really see what the will of God is, we move from hope to faith. And see, there's a difference between the two. I can be standing at the back of this room and, and really hope that I could one day walk to the back of that door. 
but faith says, no, I'm actually going to start taking a step and I will get to the back of that door. Amen? And that's why, you know, faith begins where the will of God is known. Hallelujah. Do you believe that uh, God's will for your life is like a tightrope? You know, kind of like one wrong move and you're out sort of thing. You know, uh, my great nana, we used to go and visit her. She had a house in Eagle Bay and a, a beautiful house. And I remember this feeling as a kid, whenever I went into my nana's house, it was kind of like, don't touch anything. Literally, if you touch one thing, you are in the biggest trouble. Don't touch the walls. There's glass everywhere. They had this like awesome big pool table. And I just remember being as kid, oh, I'd love to go and you know, get the sticks and throw the bot, but it was just like this feeling of one wrong move and I am out. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can get this fear thing that is so not from God about being in his will. You know, I read the funny meme online and I nearly put it up, but I thought I won't. But it says, when God put a calling on our lives, he factored in our stupidity most comforting thing I've ever heard. You could say it like this, when God put a calling in our lives, he factored in our mistakes. God's will for your life is not some tightrope. He said, no longer do I call you servants. Servants don't know what a master's doing. I call you friends. The will of God, there's such a joy in walking out the will of God and and uh, exploring the will of God. And, you know, even if we step out and, oh, God, maybe that wasn't you, is there condemnation? No, you've just learned how to hear his voice better. Amen? Ephesians 1.11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him. Ready? This is the good part who works out all things, everyone say all things, according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. You know, so if we think about uh, any wrong turns that we've made or any mistakes we've made in the past, don't let the enemy rob you in thinking that somehow you've just stepped back 20 years because the Bible says that he works all things out according to the counsel of his will. That's the truth of your situation. Amen? Jesus is the good shepherd. He's not the lazy shepherd. Uh, he's not the shepherd that sleeps. He said, I'm the good shepherd. Yeah? And his ability to lead us and guide us is actually greater than our ability is to hear. He says, I'm the good shepherd and I'll lead my sheep. The sheep don't lead the shepherd. A few uh, months ago, I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to meditate on this verse. And it's Luke 12:32, And it says, it's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's not us, you know, begging to be in his will or anything like that. Actually, he's freely willing. And it's like, you know, he's taken the first step in sending his son. We take the next step. It's not us like, come on, please, Lord, please. Can I be doing your will? Mm -mm. He carries the weight of it. He took the first step. We just follow behind. Amen.
All right, point two. Confidence in the goodness of God. This is such a big one. Coming into 2024, church, can we have confidence in the goodness of God? You know, the Pharisees, they just couldn't stand that that Jesus wasn't bringing judgment and condemnation and cutting people off. But Jesus just brought the goodness of God. You know, and it's the ones, it's the Christians who have a revelation of the goodness and the mercy of God. They're the ones that are going to be the most fruitful. And it's because you don't have fear of failure. You know, if you believe that God is good and if you believe that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ, only lessons, you know, he'll teach you, he won't cut you off, you're actually not going to be scared to step out and try something, you know submitted a good heart father i think this is what you're saying i'm just going to step out and i'm going to do it father god knowing that you're good you know sometimes i think we get this impression that he's got a clipboard and he's sort of standing in the corner you did wrong like (laughs) it's not that no longer do i call you servants i call you friends how much do you enjoy your friends you love getting around your friends right You know, when we have prayer on a Sunday morning, it's like just that fellowship with the Holy Spirit about what his plans are, you know, for this church and for this town. And there's such enjoyment in it. And so let the goodness of God be like a a compass in your storm. And what do I mean by that? So I've got a testimony about that. Greg and I, quite some time ago, we uh, fell pregnant and... um, we uh, lost a baby. It was sort of later on when I was pregnant, further down, and and it was really, really unexpected. Um, And at the time, I wasn't really walking close with the Lord. I was sort of doing my own thing, and and how many know how well that goes when you try and do your own thing? Not that well at all. (laughs) And... uh, you know, after the whole ordeal happened and, and I was sort of sitting with Greg and I was like, you know what? I know who I can go to for a healthy baby. I know that the Lord is the healer. And it was like the goodness of God was what brought me back to him. Amen. Let it be like a compass in whatever storm you're going through. And obviously we, want, we went on to have three healthy babies. So, you know, praise the Lord for that. And, you know, if you want to know what, what God is like, we look at Jesus, right? He's the most clear manifestation of who God is. You look at what Jesus did and how he was on earth and how he interacted with people. And I'm actually just going to put up some of the names of God just so we can get a clear picture of uh, his character. Wednesday morning, I woke up and... I felt like the Lord say to me, healing is not only what I do, healer is actually what I am, it's who I am. And I sort of had to think about that all day. I'm like, okay. Because you know, if we think that say healing is just limited to an action, will it happen? It won't happen. It's not just something that he does, it's actually who he is. And we can go down the list of all of those names, you know. He doesn't just give us provision. He actually is a provider. He's our sanctifier. Don't try and get free of things on your own, church. He said, I will sanctify you. Come to me and allow me to fill you. Allow me to take those things out of your life. He said, I am your peace. I don't just come to bring peace. I myself am peace. He said, I'm your shepherd. 
Jehovah said, you know, I am your righteousness. You know, it says in 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. So when you come to him and you have a need in the area, you know, I just need peace from my situation. Father, we need a provision for this situation. Father, I need healing. Father, I need you to sanctify me. I've got some stuff going on in my life that I don't want there. The Bible says that he cannot deny himself. It's just who he is. So even on a Sunday morning when we welcome the presence of God, these are all the things that we have going on. And that's why Christianity is not about trying to make things happen. It's about coming to the one who already made it happen and receiving. Amen? Religion will tell you you've got to work for it. But we just know that that is not the way. You know, I love what David said in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of our lives. Do we believe that? Do we believe that about our situation? Do we believe that about our families? Do we believe that his goodness and mercy is chasing us down? He can't deny himself. He himself is love. Love isn't something that he does. He is actually love. Hallelujah. And so what about trials and trouble and tribulation then? You know, do we have the mindset of, oh, God must be trying to teach me something? Or maybe God's holding out on me. You know, I know God's got the power to deliver me, but will he? You know, I've had those thoughts in the past before I got a revelation of the character of God. And that's why this stuff is important. Some of you probably need to take a picture of that and start meditating on that. All right, let's see uh, what the Word says about the source of trials, troubles and temptations. James chapter 1. We'll start at verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who is steadfast. Can everyone say steadfast? Under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, uh, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So I'll just stop there quickly because, you know, so often we as Christians, we're not steadfast, we don't persevere, and we give up right before the breakthrough. We give up before we see the harvest. I'm telling you this morning, church, if you want to walk victoriously, you're going to have to persevere through some stuff. You know, we think about the the parable of the sower and uh, it was the one that was sown on rocky soil was the one that hears the word, welcomes it. Uh, You know, I'm excited about this truth of God that I've just heard. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, Lord, praise the Lord. But then when we hit uh, trouble or a trial or a temptation, it says... Uh, when affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, he is caused to stumble and he falls away. If you want to have fruitfulness in your life, you're going to have to persevere. Amen? Perseverance. Verse 13, let no one say, and now this is really key, being sold out on the goodness of God, remember this. Uh, Let no one say, when he is tempted, for I am being tempted by God. That same word tempted is also tested in the Greek, right? It's so clear there, isn't it? It's funny how we get these mindsets around stuff that's just not biblical. Let no one say when he's tempted, for I am being tempted of God, for temptation does not originate from God, but from from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Isn't that clear? 
It's so clear. Verse 14. But each one is tempted when he's dragged away and enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lusts and passion. Verse 15. Then when illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. You know, it's going to be really hard to believe God for freedom if we think he's the one bringing, bringing the trial and, and bringing the trouble. Amen? So trials come from the flesh, just our own, you know, desires, our own passions, from the world, from the devil. We know that the devil brings accusation and things like that. But let's just read on. Verse 16. And it specifically says here, church, verse 16, do not be misled. Uh, Another version says, do not be deceived, uh, my brothers and sisters. Verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning for his perfect and he never changes. Amen. Don't be deceived about that. It's every good and perfect gift that comes from God. Not trouble, not trials. God is not the source of our problems. He's the answer. Hallelujah. And it's funny how Pastor Jenkin brought the story of the prodigal son because, you know, I was thinking about the story of the prodigal son and, and you know, the father's reaction was open arms and, and a party and a ring and a robe. It wasn't... Here he comes back. Right, let's see how we went with that test, you know. (laughs) I wonder if the prodigal son knew how the father was going to react if he would have come back sooner. You know, religion and these mindsets that aren't biblical about the Lord stop us from running to him when things go bad. When things go bad, when you mess up, when you totally stuff it up, God should be the first one that you run to. Amen. You guys good? Got a few more? Slide four. All right. I'm going to talk about shame, guilt, and condemnation for a quick minute here. 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. How many times do we go through something and we hear that, that nagging voice of the devil, oh, look at you in that situation again. Yeah, it's only you that are facing this or no one else is going through this. Liar, liar, pants on fire. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Can we just remember that next time we go through something difficult? Speak that out, Father. I thank you that the temptations are not going to overtake me. It actually says that uh, when we are tempted, he will show us a way out so that we can endure. Amen? That's the truth of our situations. The Amplified Version says, But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability to resist. Hallelujah. All right, slide eight. This is an interesting one. Okay. Oh, this one's better. Don't look at that one. I don't know what happened with that one. (laughs) Redemption or accusation. Here we go. I'm sure we've all fallen into both mindsets. 
Romans 8.34, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen and who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. So that's the voice of the Lord in our situations. That's Jesus at the right hand of the Father when we mess up, when we go through something difficult. You know, he'll be saying to the Father, Lord, I not just I didn't just pay for their mistakes in their past, but even that mistake that they're going to make next week, even that sin that they're going to fall into in six months, that's also been paid for. This type of teaching brings freedom to people. Accusation, Revelation 12.10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and kingdom of God and the power of Christ have come have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So two narratives over our situation. Don't for even one minute in 2024 feel guilt. This is where we're syncing up pastors. Shame for condemnation about your situation when you mess up because you're actually agreeing with the voice of the enemy over your situation. You know, it says in Titus 2, it's the grace of God that teaches us uh, to deny sin and deny worldly lusts. The Holy Spirit always points us to the victory of Jesus. And I'll finish on this. Uh, John 14, 26, when the comforter, the counsellor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby comes, whom the Father will send in my name, uh, he's going to... He'll cause you to recall and will bring to remembrance everything I've told you. Amen. What an amazing God we serve. Hallelujah. He's far bigger than any of our mistakes. And you know, just as the worship team comes back up, I'm just going to close on this one. If we can all stand as well, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to move as well. Hallelujah. So, you know, just to summarise a little bit, knowing God is not the source of our trouble. He's the source of our victory. No temptation is greater than what you can stand. If you persevere and stand firm and don't flee before you've seen the victory, you will come through stronger. Amen. And the final one, we can not only know what the will of God is for our lives as individuals, but we can actually partake. It's very biblical to know the will of God for your life. And so, you know, I just felt as a church that we are to do this. Um, I'll just read First John 5.14. It says, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions of what we've asked for. So I just felt as a church that we as individuals just to ask the Lord to reveal what his will is for every single one of us coming into 2024. We know that we're asking according to his will because we just looked at scriptures how God wants us to know uh, his will for our lives. Amen. And so it says because we know that he hears us, we have the petitions of what we ask for. Amen. So just as the team starts playing, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to move. And I just want you, in your own words, just to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Speak to you about your situation. That He wants us to know what He wants us to do. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank You for a revelation for every single person, Lord God. 
every single husband, every single wife, every single family here, Father God, that your will is revealed to us, Father. We just thank you, Lord God. We open up our hearts to you this morning, Father God, just to really hear from you, Father. We just thank you that you speak into our hearts this morning, Lord God, that it was your idea, Father, that we bear fruit. Lord God, you said you don't call us servants anymore, Father. You call us friends. And what a joy it is to walk out your will for our lives, Father God. So in 2024, Father, we thank you for fruitfulness for every single person, Lord God. A revelation, Father, of what you've called us to do, Father. And Lord, even as you've gifted every single person here uniquely, Father, I just pray an understanding of how each person is gifted, Father, that gifts are no longer hidden in people's lives, Father, but I just pray dreams and visions over people's lives that they start to see how you've positioned them in the kingdom, Father God. Every single person here receiving from heaven this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah.